Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about business strategies, thinking and habits that are essential to building a successful event planning business while enjoying a fulfilling lifestyle. I am your host, Mayo Silvers, an events veteran with over 20 years of experience and also an unstoppable eventrepreneur with two multiple six-figure events business. Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge and rejuvenate your life and your business. Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast once again. Thank you for lending me your years week after week. And I so appreciate you giving me your time. And hopefully our podcast has been able to entertain you, inspire you, and also educate you. So today I want to talk a little bit about owning a venue. Several of you have shared with me that your long-term goal is to own a venue. So I want to talk a little bit about what you need to understand when you become a venue owner. I do not own a venue because I have made the choice to just be an event planner. But what makes me qualified to be able to talk about owning a venue? So in my previous career as a director of catering and conference services or events director, at Five Star Luxury Hotel, I was in charge of um, setting up the venue space. I've done four hotel openings. So I basically started the venue space from the ground up or an existing space that we did a total renovation for. So I know all the ins and outs of owning a venue space from the ground up or an existing infrastructure or space that's already been there. And then we just did a total revamp. So I was in charge of marketing that space, selling that space, and also pricing that space so that we'd be able to attract people to come to use our space. So as a venue owner, there are a few things that you need to consider when you decide that you want to purchase an asset. And um, you're basically purchasing land, okay? So there are two ways to own a venue. Either you take over a venue that's an existing facility. That means um, you just take over the space. Everything is already built out. Or you build something from scratch. That means you purchase a land or a building. And then um, you do a total renovation that means the space have never been used as a venue before and you have to get all the registration paperwork policies permits to be able to market that space as a usable space to host events so I would say that before you even consider owning a venue, regardless whether it's a raw space or as an event space that's existing there are a few things you need to take into consideration. Most obvious thing is the cost of owning a venue. How much does it cost to own a venue? So if you are just starting in the events industry, that means you don't have a solid foundation in event planning or what exactly entails in the events industry. I wouldn't suggest that you go both fit in 
dive in 100% into owning a venue. I would say that just to acquaint yourself with the events industry as an event planner and understand what exactly does a venue provide and how does a venue um, work with an event planner. So you know how to, when you become a venue owner, you know how to market to an event planner right? Because those are one of the people that you need to establish a good relationship with to refer you leads as a venue owner. So I wouldn't say to immediately start thinking about owning a venue space when you have not established yourself as an event planner or have the skill set to, um, to plan events or have a history of planning events, okay? So the costs involved in owning a venue includes, of course, your mortgage, Okay, your mortgage loan that you have to pay every month, your interest that you have to pay every month by uh, owning that venue, and if and also utilities. Okay, utilities. If you're leasing the space from a, a management company, that means you're leasing a space from a building. So you're paying the management company a leasing fee every month. A lot of times, that leasing fee includes utility and security. So there's already a common security that um, provides security round the clock for the entire building. So you don't have to incur the cost of hiring a security company, but I will always strongly suggest that you have your own separate security system um, securing your space. Um, and utilities should be involved or should be included in your monthly lease. However, if you are not renting from somebody, you're actually owning that space that becomes your asset, then the mortgage fee is something that you need to consider. The interest rate is something that you need to consider. Utilities, business insurance, okay? When I say business insurance, that means property insurance and business owner's policy that will also ensure whatever assets you have inside your um, venue, like computers, inventory, you also have to consider um, if you're owning it as a raw space, okay? That means it's not already fully done. You're owning a raw space. You will still incur all those costs that I just mentioned, but there will be more costs involved because you have to get all those permits. And one of the permits is what we call the occupancy permit. And it's also one of the most difficult permit to get. An occupancy permit involves the um, fire department, the fire marshal department, where they have to come and walk the space and determine whether do you have a good flow of ingress and egress. That means People, is there only one way that people can come in and go out or is there a multiple ways? There must be two ways for a person to um, for a person to come in and out. So it has to have it has to have a um, uh, one way in and another way out. okay? So you have to you have to um, make sure that you get that. And you also have to make sure that um, you and the fire marshal who's going to walk through your space is going to um, determine how many people can you actually fit in that space. And there shouldn't be any blockage um, in terms of egress and ingress. Your exit sign has to be very, very clear and visible so people will know where to come in, where to go out. Um, and they have to test your fire alarm 
Uh, and the fire alarm testing is not just for raw space, but even when you have existing space. But for raw space, it's a little bit more cumbersome. So they will do random fire alarm testing, um, both by strobe light or the sound. And uh, they won't tell you, they will just show up. And you are not allowed to operate that space until the, you get the approval from the fire department that says that, okay, everything is good to go then you will be able to get the occupancy permit. But if you do not have an occupancy permit, then you will not be allowed to function. You will not be allowed to function that space. You will not be allowed to sell that space. Nobody is allowed to do anything in that space. So you also have to take into consideration if that is, if you are, going to offer um, food and beverage. If there is a kitchen facility and if you're going to offer food and beverage, that means you as a business owner and also the staff that you're going to hire is going to, both of you will have to go through a food surf certification or what we call the surf safe certification and also tips certification, which allows you to serve food and also alcohol. And you have to go to training on how to cut off gas that appears intoxicated. All these are costs, okay, for you as a venue owner and the employee that you're going to hire. And you also want to consider, do you want to just rent out a raw space or do you want to have inventory? That means um, tables and chairs. And then you have to figure out storage. So when you have storage, that means it's eating up space that you can actually sell um, and make revenue. So storage is basically um, a space that... So if you're using space for anything that is not gen revenue generating, like a storage space, kitchen space, food prep space, uh, any space that does not directly bring in revenue, that means you just cut back the amount of space you can actually sell. Okay, so you have to determine all that. And when you pick a venue, you have to make sure that there is ample, ample parking. Otherwise, people will not come to you. There needs to be ample parking and also easily accessible by public transportation or um, by you know, vehicles coming to you. It doesn't have to go through a lot of barriers to get to you. You want to make it easily accessible for everyone. And also you have to consider um, ADA, you know, the um, accessibility to handicapped people. So you need to comply to all those rules. So now, you know, we talk about all these costs. So there's going to be the, the fixed costs and the variable costs, right? The fixed costs are your mortgage. So fixed costs are costs that you have to incur regardless whether you have any business. That means you still need to keep the AC on. You need to keep the, you probably don't have, you know, you still have to pay your mortgage, put it this way. You have to pay your mortgage, okay? So, uh, and insurance, mortgage and insurance, all these permits you still need to get and maintain. And then there's variable costs. So if the venue is not being used, you own that venue and it's not being used, then you don't have to run the utilities, right? You don't have to run the AC and you also don't have to run the lights. However, I do want to mention that if you um, don't use that space, you should still at least have the AC on or the heat on at least a couple of days a week to avoid mildew situation or the stillness in the air. The last thing you want is people decide to come and visit your space and the whole space smells 
very stale. Okay, so your fixed costs are all the costs that you need to incur regardless whether you have business or not, like your insurance, your mortgage. Okay, your insurance and your mortgage. And, um, and also uh, a full-time employee, at least one, if you're planning to have employee, those are all your fixed costs. And then your variable cost is your utilities. Um, you know, you keep the lights on for more days. If you have more events that week and you have less events, you don't need to keep your lights on, right? But you still need to run the AC a couple of days a week. And also um, anything that fluctuates in terms of, you know, marketing costs, of course, right? Um, and anything that fluctuates based on the level of business that you do, okay? So you want to consider whether do you want to own inventory or do you want to just have a raw space and, and establish a good relationship with um, events vendors that rent out inventory such as tables and chairs uh, or and also establish relationship with caterers so you don't have to have a kitchen uh, facility so the people can just come in and, and they'll be able to plug in their generator and their um, hot box and a mobile kitchen. So you don't have to incur having to build out a kitchen um, and also linen company that you can call upon that you can refer to all your potential clients or clients when they come and rent the space with you. You can give them a a preferred vendor list where people can rent out inventories directly from all these vendors. So gives save you the headache, okay? Save you the headache of owning and maintaining inventory. It's just a pain in the butt. Uh, and it does definitely eat into your bottom line, your profit, okay? And then the next thing, now that you own the, invent the, um, the, the venue, congratulations. The next thing you need to consider is um, marketing. Correct. So we need to get people to come in. So before you market, you have to consider how to price it yourself. So the venues, a lot of times they have different categories pricing and how they go about pricing themselves is based on peak and off peak seasons and the times of the day. So if you are located in a, um, in a vicinity or in a space where you do a lot of, uh, local businesses or offices are in your area, you probably do a lot of corporate events that happens on Monday to Fridays. And, and then um, because of the area, like a business district, you're in a business district, then the weekends are quiet. So if someone wants to rent your space on a weekday, those are your peak period. So you definitely will want to make sure that your venue fee is priced at a level that you, you know, is demand and supply, you know, is a law of demand and supply. If there's more demand, the price goes up. When there's less demand, the price goes down. So your weekend rental rate is probably a lot lesser compared to your weekday. And how do you calculate your rental rate? It depends on your cost, right? It depends on how much is your cost that you're incurring every month versus your, um, your financial goal for the year and versus how many days you want to open versus how many events you want to do in a day. So if your goal is $100,000, to make $100,000 a year from the venue and your cost per month is um, $5,000, that means a year is $60,000, you know that you need to make sure that you charge at least, you know, you need to make sure that you charge at least 5,000 
you know, you make at least $5,000 a month to break even, but we're not in a business to break even. We're in a business to make money. So you want to be to reach a $100,000 goal. You want to at least, you know, hopefully make $10,000 a month in order to hit your financial goal, which is $120,000 in this case, right? 12 months. But if you decide to shut down, Okay, if you decide to shut down um, two months to go on vacation, okay, so the venue is not functioning for two months, that means you will you only function 10 months and you want to reach your financial goal, then yeah, charge $10,000. You make $100,000. So you reach your financial goal. And, and then, so in order to reach $10,000 a month, what do you need to do? So how many days are you opening? Okay, if you decide to open only 20 days, so you have two days off, 20 days. So you take the $10,000 divided by 20 days, right? So that means how much is that? So you take $10,000 divided by 20 days. So that means you need to be able to make at least $500 a day, okay? For the 20 days that you open, $500 a day in terms of the rental fee. And you want to consider, okay, are you, so that's a day, right? Do you want to split into meal periods? So you you can rent the space for breakfast time, lunch time, and also dinner time, correct? So are we going to charge, you know, ideally, are we going to charge $500 for each meal period? So in a day, you make $1,500. So that's great for you. So you need to do a market study to see what your competitors in the market is doing, okay, in your vicinity is doing, but you're not going to price according to how they price because you need to understand your own overhead. So your own overhead is going to determine how much you need to charge at least, you know, to break even and not lose money. And then you look at what the market is charging and then you decide how much you want to charge. But you know for sure, in order to reach your financial goal, you have to charge $500 a day opening for 20 days and for at least 10 months. That's how you do your numbers to make sure that you get it right. Okay. So those are talk about talking about numbers, right? So you have to decide, okay, when is the most peak period? If lunch, if breakfast and lunch period are your most busy period when you have a meeting, someone hires, rents your space from breakfast and lunch, take up two meal periods, then you want to be able to charge, you know, maybe a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars. And then if somebody only takes the evening time, then you take five hundred dollars or the weekends, which is your least busy period. So you got to understand when is your peak season and, and off peak season. And also, um, and also the um, the times of the days that you want to charge the different rate, okay? And at the same time, while you're doing all that, you have to check out your market, right? As, as I was mentioning, okay. Then we have to, you know, when we talk about peak season, off peak season, that's also, you know, based on where you're located, the weather can determine whether it's peak season or off peak season not just the weather, but also the times of the year. So holidays, right? Um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. So Easter, all these holidays, 4th of July, all these holidays, Memorial Day, are they, um, you know, will all these holiday seasons affect your pricing as well? Okay. So if you're, and, and wedding season, right? graduation seasons, all these will affect your pricing. So 
again, go back to the rule of demand and supply. Okay, demand and supply. So you got to price according to that. And then now, how do you market your, your venue? So you can do your own marketing, you know, Facebook ads, Google ads. So and SEO, your website, make sure that make sure that you digitally people can find you and you need to have boots on the ground, go talk to um, uh, people who can refer your business. If you are catering to local businesses, you got to go visit them, tell them about your space, host networking events with the Chamber of Commerce, get people to come and actually be in your space, host um, trade shows, wedding shows, so that you get a lot of eyes in your space and also um, have very good relationship with the events industry people, like the rental companies, your caterers, photographers, event planners, wedding planners, um, anyone who is in the events industry, you want them to come to see your space because you never know who they're talking to and they will, you know, and they will mention your space, that your space is so beautiful. So I would suggest that when you're first um, marketing your area, your, your venue, you have to do a lot of networking events actually host a networking event at your venue. So be BFF with the Chamber of Commerce, join all the Chamber of Commerce so that they're going to use your space and they, you know, and the Chamber will invite their members to come and do a monthly networking event. You want to be able to use your space to host all these events so that people, whether they are small businesses who are members of the Chamber, business network group like BNI and and also, um, so they will invite all these people for their monthly meetings and then they come to your space and they see your wonderful, beautiful space. So you want to get eyes on your space, right? And consider doing promotions, uh, especially when you are first starting um, the, the business and, and, do, and do discounted rate, referral rates, the whole nine yards, but build your network of referrals, okay? Build your network referrals from the event space, especially from the, yeah, from the event space, especially meeting planners, wedding planners, destination management companies, uh, executive assistants, um, office administrator from businesses. You want them to come and see your space. You'll be doing a lot of site inspections with people coming to your space. So owning a venue is a great idea. Okay, it's a great idea when you already understand how the events industry work. If not, it's going to be a very vertical 90 degrees learning curve and you are sinking in money from day one. So the cost of operating a venue is high. So if you're not getting leads coming in already and you're sinking in money, that feeling is very scary. The first three months or the first month, you're not booking enough events to make the money. So I would say that this is something for you to plan and think about and make it a two-year plan, five-year plan, but not immediately. So hopefully this podcast, it will give you some insight of what you need to do in order to own a venue and what does it mean to own a venue? What are the costs involved, marketing involved, relationship that you need to build, how to price yourself? So hopefully this will help you to do your two to five years training or planning, not training, planning, Okay. All right, so if you have enjoyed this podcast, again, give me a review or a rating. 
and also share our podcast so that we can be ranked as the number one events podcast in the next five years, which is our goal. And we can't get there without your help. Thank you so much for giving me your time once again. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more eventrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.